0: This is the best time of the year. No, no question this is the best time of the year. Postseason baseball is in full effect. College football season has been crazy. The NFL, we're going into week 6-7. You've got the Cowboys looking competitive at 4-2. and two. Eagles are 6-0, and oh, and the Bills, 5-1, and one look like the team to beat in the AFC. But what makes this really the best time of the year is the NBA is back. And it starts tonight. It's the NBA Cypher. Let's go. So when we last left off, Golden State was winning their fourth NBA title. Steph had claimed that elusive finals MVP. And no shade. The young Celtics team played well. They had a great season. I think it says something about a team that wins multiple game sevens to get to, the, to where they ended up in the finals against a proven champion like the Warriors. I thought the, Even though the results weren't what Boston fans wanted, there is promise there. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I think they both can still go to another level. And while most of us think Marcus Smart has been in the league forever, he's still in his 20s. I think there's areas in his game that can be more refined, that can make him not just the tenacious defensive player he is, but a more efficient offensive player. But that was last year, and we're going into this year. The Warriors are the defending champions. And I'm not going to make this a long show. I'm not. I'm going to make it a really short show and get to the points I want to make just to kick the season off. So let's get some things out the way real quick. In my opinion, the top ten players in the NBA right now today, Giannis is number one. And when I think of Giannis, all I think of is a relentless beast. There are more skilled players, but there is no one who plays harder. There is no one who wills, literally, wills his team, his self to new heights. And I believe. If you get a healthy Chris Middleton to go with Giannis and Drew Holiday going into the playoffs, I fully expect the Milwaukee Bucks to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis, number one. Joel Embiid, I've got number two. The most dominant big in the NBA. And a versatile big in his own way. Embiid can step out. He can shoot the three. He's got a nice mid-range game. He's got terrific footwork. But when he's at his best is when he's using his size and his strength to own and dominate the restricted area. Dominant big when I think of Embiid. Steph Curry, I've got Steph third in terms of the best player right now in the game. And I I get it. Don't get confused. Basketball is not a game of one-on-one. There are one-on-one moments, but it's not a game of one-on-one. Steph Curry has the ability to kill you with his shot, his shooting ability, and his motion. His motion can shift defenses. His motion can get teammates open and get good looks. Steph Curry, in my opinion, is the third best player in the NBA. Maybe we shouldn't say best player. Maybe we should say, when we're talking about going into a season, who are the most impactful players? I think Steph is three. I think Joker has to be in the top five. He is the two-time reigning MVP. Can play in space. Terrific passer. Can shoot with range. Versatile post player. Can score with either hand. The only thing Joker is missing is postseason hardware. And I think with a healthy Jamal Murray, Porter Jr. coming back, getting KCP to give them a shooter and a defender, The Nuggets are going to be a team to watch, I think, providing they can stay healthy. And look, we could start this season off real easy saying, providing they stay healthy with a number of teams. That would apply to the Nuggets. That would apply to the Clippers. And of course, that would apply to the Lakers. But I've got Joker number four. I've got LeBron number five. And to me, if you're in the top five, then you're also the five guys that are going to be competing for the MVP. So while I have LeBron five, that doesn't mean he can't win the MVP. I just have him fifth right now. And let's put something else out the way. This guy is heading into his 19th season. He's got to get the respect. He's earned that respect. Not just for his his the numbers that he's put up, but When I think of LeBron, I think of impactful greatness and longevity. No player in the history of basketball has been this impactful, this productive, this late in his career. This is something, this is an area, this is a podium that he stands on by himself. LeBron James, no question, is an all-time great. And he's still one of the best players in basketball today. Enough said. Number six, I've got Luca. Luca's a scoring machine. I, when I think of Luca, though, I think of an ISO monster. When Luca can get you on an island versus him, there's nothing you can do. And he's not the quickest. He doesn't have the hops, but he will get to every spot he wants to, and he's going to get buckets. That said, until the Mavs get him a legit second star. An all-star, someone who can take over in moments when he needs a rest. The Mavs are going to be a good team. They're going to be interesting, but most of that's going to be on the brilliance of Luka. He needs a co-star. And until that happens, the Mavs will make the playoffs and they'll exit the playoffs. I, I actually thought what they did last year was overachieving. Maybe it's a combination of them overachieving and the Suns underachieving. At number seven, I've got KD. KD can score from anywhere on the floor. We've all talked about this. They say Perzingis was a unicorn. No, KD's the unicorn. That is the unicorn. And I know, we've talked about the young man that everybody's going to allegedly be tanking for this offseason, Big Vic. I've seen KD. KD's had a career. Big Vic, as, as a prospect, As a prospect, I agree with everything that's been said about Big Vic, and I hope he lives up to it because it's good for the game. It really is. You always want another transcendent player, especially when eventually there'll be no LeBron, there'll be no KD, there'll be no Steph. I've got KD7. I think KD is going to have a bounce-back season. He might even leap into the MVP candidate. Or or be an MVP candidate, let's say, if Ben Simmons and Kyrie are motivated. At number eight, coming off of injury, I've got Kawhi Leonard. A healthy Kawhi Leonard. When I think of Kawhi, I think of two-way player. I still think a healthy Kawhi is the most complete two-way player in the NBA. Now, he doesn't always lock down because he's become a primary But his ability to get into you, his ability to play the passing lanes, and he's become a better playmaker over the course of his career. I'm impressed with the fact that Kawhi at 29 30 is actually still getting better, that he's become harder to defend on any area of the floor, not just the post, not just the mid range or the mid post, his ability to get you off the dribble, to shoot the three. Kawhi is becoming a complete player. Later in his career, and I give him credit for that, which is why I have him number eight. At number nine is Jason Tatum. Tatum took his team to the finals. Tatum was terrific. Tatum has the ability to be a great two-way player. Look, part of the reason the Celtics was as good as they were was because Brown and Tatum could guard other people's wings. And at at times, even shut them down. That's how gifted a defender Tatum can be. And as an offensive player, there's nothing he can't do. If I were going to nitpick on Jason Tatum, you would want him to be more assertive offensively late in games and not settle. He has the ability to break people down off the dribble and get to the rim. But I think too often he ends up selling for a deep or a contested jump shot when he could get downhill and get in a restricted area. I got Tatum at nine. And number 10, I think it's well-deserved. Jimmy Bucket, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is a bad man, period. And probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA. It's interesting because him and Giannis are similar like this. They're not the most skilled players. Jimmy's not the most skilled player. He's not the most athletic player. But he gives you everything. When I think of Jimmy Butler, I think of a player that gives his team, give the fans everything everything he has and he's a terrific two-way player there are more skilled players there are more explosive players but there are very few players that show up in big moments more than jimmy butler does and i don't want to name names i'm just saying there's some guys who are perceived to be superstars or better than jimmy butler and they're just not not when it matters that's my top 10 going into this season As far as how the conferences shake out, I'll make it real simple. It's not complicated. Golden State, Clippers, Suns, Nuggets, the Grizz, Mavs, T-Wolves, and Lakers, I think all those teams are going to make the playoffs in no certain order with the exception of the Warriors. I think the Warriors will be one one or two at worst in the West. And off the top of my head, I'd love to see the Warriors and the Clippers in the Conference Finals, or the Warriors in the Grizz. In the East, I think the Sixers, Celtics, Heat, Bucks, Nets, Cavs, Hawks, and Raptors. I think the Raptors are going to edge the Bulls out in the playoffs. I think people underestimate the loss of Lonzo Ball. And the first thing they think of is, well, yes, Lonzo's a point guard. Lonzo's not really their best playmaker. So let's get that out the way. Where they're going to miss Lonzo Ball at is on the defensive end. He's dis- he's disruptive as a defender, and he's reliable as a three-point shooter. He's a very good passer, but he's not the kind of point guard that breaks the te- defense down off the dribble and creates shots for his teammates. That's not the kind of point guard he is. And if you watch the Bulls play, the ball's in DeRozan or Levine's hands. They actually make plays and get him open looks, but they will miss his shooting. And his ability to guard at multiple positions. And they never replaced that. I think that's too much. If you look at what happened to Chicago, second half of the season, they just got worn down. Too much was put on the shoulders of DeRozan and Levine. And I like Vucevic. Vuce can score with anybody. Talented guy. But he doesn't give you a lot defensively. And that's where Chicago's going to get hurt, I think, on the defensive end. I just don't think they have, I don't think they have enough defensively And they're lacking another playmaker slash scorer offensively. I'm looking at what the Hawks did with DeJounte Murray. He's going to make them better defensively on the wings to go with Hunter. He's also going to be able to get buckets and give Trey Young a break from time to time. So I expect the Young Hawks, I do expect them to make the playoffs. If I had to go off the top of my head, who's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? I'll take Sixers Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. (laughs) Just to wrap up this preview show, because the season, of course, starts tonight. So here's some of the things that are lingering in my head. The future of Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. Look, as a diehard Laker fan, you would have liked to seen it worked out. But I never thought the fit was there having said that to me the best solution is for them to part ways i do think there are teams that russell westbrook could help in a different role the true question is is it more important to russ to start to to be able to put up numbers or is it about being impactful in helping a team win say for instance If Russ headed the second unit for the Nuggets and he averaged, I don't know, 14, 6, and 6, but big picture, it helped the Nuggets ascend to the NBA Finals. If he helped the Timberwolves, who, while D-Low can play the point guard, he's not a natural point guard. I'm just pointing out, I disagree with people when they say Russ can't help a team. The question with Russ is, Can Russell Westbrook really look at himself and self-evaluate and realize where he's at in his career, where the league's at, and can he accept that he can be impactful but not a star? But even as a role player, you can star in that role. You can impact games. One of my favorite players is Sean Livingston, and he had the devastating injuries, and I thought, would he ever be able to make it back? And he made it back. He never became the star that the promise of his talent had a lot of people thinking he would become, but he became a great role model or a role player and a role model when he was with the Warriors. He starred in his role, and he knew what he could still do well at a high level. He could still defend. He could still make plays, and he was terrific in the post. Without him, I think the Warriors would not have won a couple of those titles. That's how impactful he was. You can be impactful without being the guy. And I think that Russ needs to self-evaluate and realize that. And you can make a case that could he do that with the Lakers. I think he could do that with the Lakers if he could accept that role. And maybe his real struggle is that he's in a place where he knows he's not actually wanted. And that's why I think the best thing for him and the Lakers is to, to move on from each other. The reality is when you look at the Lakers, they didn't just bring in Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder. They got back somebody that they, that was on their team last year but was hurt all year. That was Kendrick Nunn. They have three point guards and then throw in Russ. And while none of them will have a greater career, within the Lakers system and what they can and can't do, all can shoot better and all are a little bit more efficient Or and they're all better fits. Kendrick Nunn is a better fit. Pat Bev, for what they want Pat Bev to do, is a better fit. Dennis Schroeder, you know what he wants to do. He wants to get downhill, which he does well still at a high level, but... He plays more in control than Russ does. I I really think it's real simple. They need to divorce. It's over. The relationship, it's over. And if Russell Westbrook still wants to be part of the NBA, bro, accept the fact that you can help, but you're not the man. And you're not the next man. But you can still have an impact. I just don't don't want Russ to find out the hard way, the way Melo had to. And then he missed out on a couple of years. I just don't want him to take that path. But it seems like that's where he's spiraling towards. Another question. And I have the answer to real, real easy. Will Rudy Gobert ever live up to all the draft picks that the Timberwolves traded him for? No. No way in hell. Which, let's be real. Why would you make that trade? It doesn't make sense to me. And it's not like Rudy Gobert isn't a good player. But he's not a franchise maker. Rudy Gobert is not an Olajuwon. Not a Joker. Not a Giannis. Not an Embiid. Rudy Gobert, you can say, is better than Clint Capella, but not by leaps and miles. Their skill sets are identical. He just does what Capella does better. And they traded away a mint for a good player. No argument. He's a good player. But he's not a great player, and he's not a franchise player. And they'll learn that when they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Will Damian Lillard be able to get back to his previous form? I think Dame is going to have a good season. He, he might even get back to peak Dame. But when I look at that roster top to bottom, Dame would have to have a great year. Miles Simons would have to have a great year. He'd have to take another leap in his development. And Nurk would have to have a career year. And that would just be for them to get into the playoffs. There just isn't a lot of talent on that roster. I don't think the Blazers are going to make the playoffs. And I'm a I'm a big Dame fan, but I'm just being real. Top to bottom, they just don't have it. Why do I think the Sixers? are going to be one of the top teams in the east no i look james harden losing weight is great but it only matters if he loses weight and he plays at a high level if james harden looks like the player that he was at the end of the season and into the playoffs the sixers are going to get eliminated in the first round he's got to be better than that it has to matter he doesn't have to be the james harden that drops 30 a night anymore but you have to be more than a good pick and roll guy. He still has to be the guy that can get you twenty to twenty five and take some pressure off of him. Embiid. Even with Maxi ascending, they need a big three, not a big two and a half. They need James Harden to be at an all star level because I think Maxi's going. To, he, I think Maxi's going for that. But th- for them to actually have a t- chance to win a title, James Harden. Has to play at an all-star level throughout the season, but more importantly, in the playoffs. In terms of the Nets, of course they're intriguing. If you get Ben Simmons back, and I've said this before. If you give me Ben Simmons, who's going to, let's say Ben Simmons drops 16-8-8. Basically be what he's always been. And Kyrie and KD are basically what they've been. Along with some of the additions. If you get back a healthy Joe Harris. A healthy curry i i like some of their role players i like that their bigs their young bigs went and put some muscle on the nets are intriguing in the sense that they could either go to the nba finals or like last year get knocked out in the first round and a lot of this isn't about talent as much as it is about chemistry and culture because they have not developed either yet and if they if they never do you already know what it is they're not winning anything and that's one of the reasons why I actually had KD as far back as I did in the top 10 not because he's not a great player but you signed up for that you're even though you don't want to be a leader you're the de facto leader it's not Simmons it ain't Kyrie some say it's not Steve Nash it's you so you might drop 30 a night But if your teammates don't come with you or you don't pull them with you, that failure is as much on you as anybody else. And there's no secret that there are multiple teams that will be taking they are going to be tanking to the next level for Mr. Wabanyama. Big Vic, like I said before, as a prospect, he's He's got ball handling skills that play in space, has a jump shot, can put it on the deck, can get to the rim, can post, and he's five inches taller than KD. As a prospect, I completely understand why all these teams are drooling. And as a fan of basketball, I want him to live up to the hype. We've had so many great transcendent players and we have some that have gotten older and eventually they won't be won't be in the league. You always want that next guy to come along. You always want to keep that torch going on, passed on from the next to the next to the next. And I'm not saying Luka's not great and some of these other younger guys, but I'm talking about there are a lot of great guys and then there's the guy. And a lot of people think that's what Big Vic can be. Time will tell, but we'll see. So those are my thoughts. To start opening night, I'm a diehard Laker friend. I'm telling you right now, I think the Lakers will make the playoffs. I'm, I'm not going to go crazy and say anything beyond that. You want the over or under on Russ? I do not believe Russell Westbrook will finish the season as a Laker. I'm actually shocked that he's going to make the opening night, but I do not think he'll be there before the trade deadline. Hey, this has been the first show. Like I said, best time of the year for sports. The NBA's back. The NBA Cypher's back next time.